My name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to a very special episode of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast, featuring a panel discussion with three elders and wisdom keepers of our time, who are also members of the Mother Earth Delegation Council, who come with directions from Mother Earth to help us walk through these times of great chaos and change. So... What I learned through my walk um, is that there was a a bridge that we needed to start to make uh, between the Antiogen community uh, and our original people and the ways that they hold that. Because that plant has a whole, uh, it brings a whole story with itself. It brings these protocols. It, it, It has a way of life that it teaches us to live so we can maintain and sustain a way of life that's balanced and um, uh, heart-centered, because that's who we are when we're fully actualized as human beings, we're heart-centered beings. So it's like the, the plants have come to help you, help us, help every one of us fully potentiate ourselves. And if that's our work, then what we do it doesn't become the issue or the focus anymore. We become, we, we come to a place of honoring the teaching of the plant. It teaches us how to stay in a present moment and receive what comes to the present moment. And then that will take us to the next step. And that's a different rhythm. And that's a following of this intelligence of nature. It's a following rather than a negotiation, our manipulation, our our mind and our egos leading us somewhere which might actually distract us from becoming that fully potentiated being. So that tells you right off the bat that you're you yourself are medicine. And so how you participate and how you do things It's mindful. It's to be mindful. I suspect that the sooner we learn how to be with each other and how to practice and how to be mindful, that a mix of these colors are going to be what's going to be presented as peace in the world. Think about it. I think if we can open our hearts to each other and not be mindful of color. My mother puts her palm up and she says, the only place our bodies are are the same color are on our palms. The palms of your hand, whoever you're sitting next to, it could be any one of those four colors. We have the same color in the palms of our hands. And she said, when you raise those hands, she said that, you're conveying to the world and to the people that you you come from a people of peace. Of course, there is this uh, sacred uh, communication beyond this material world. Because we are the reflection of the plant medicine. We are the reflection of the sacred element as human beings and not just human beings but all beings in this world in this dimension we are the reflection of the sacred fire of the sacred water 
of the sacred air. Hi, friends. This is a special episode that was recorded from a live Clubhouse conversation that Trisha Eastman from Ancestral Heart helped to organize. Trisha invited three elders to speak on this Wisdom Keepers panel, where we had a discussion on how we can look to the elders for guidance, on how we can maintain respect, reciprocity, and bridge the understanding of the traditions connected to these plant medicines into Western culture as the psychedelic movement rapidly expands. So we had grandmother Loretta, a frayed bear of the Oglaglasiu nation, board member of the fountain holding the seat of earth initiatives stewarding the black hills project a land stewardship restoration bringing together the great sioux nations 16 tribes spanning across the u.s and canada and then we had mindahi consensio bastida muñoz who's a phd He's the director of the Original Nations Program of the Fountain. Mindahi serves as the general coordinator of the Otemi-Toltec Regional Council in Mexico. His work centers around restoration of the original instructions and ancestral wisdom through the unification process based on the four Earth mandates. And then we had the dear Joytima, who is convener of the International Council of 13 Indigenous Grandmothers. She serves as a delegate of the Mother Earth Delegation of United Indigenous Nations. Grandmother Joyti is the founder of The Fountain. And if you have not yet heard of The Fountain, I highly recommend checking out their website and their mission. Their mission is to restore an economic model that is based on reciprocity and collaboration guided by nature and the sacred. And what they stand for is a global economic system that is truly aligned with care for the earth and the whole of life for the benefit of current and future generations, guided by the ancestral wisdom and technologies of cultures that have lived this way for the larger course of human history. So The Fountain runs and organizes some truly remarkable online events. I really recommend going to their website and reading through what they're offering. They're also raising money for the council to gather together in person in November. So please consider making a donation to The Fountain. And you can see the donation tab on their website. And I'll also include that link directly in the show notes. So for this discussion, we had three moderators, myself, Trisha Eastman from Ancestral Heart, who I also featured on episode number nine of this podcast, where Trisha joined me to talk about Iboga initiations. And that was such a great conversation. So if you haven't yet tuned into that, highly recommend giving it a listen. And up on the clubhouse stage with us, we also had Sophia Rocklin of the Amazon Emergency Fund and co-author of the wonderful book, When Plants Dream, Ayahuasca, Amazonian Shamanism, and the Global Psychedelic Renaissance. I also highly recommend reading that book. I know I really enjoyed it, and I'll include a link to that book in the show notes as well. So this is certainly a much longer episode than some of the other ones I've put out, but it's really worth the listen. And if you can, I actually recommend listening at a time when you can really tune in and receive this kind of special transmission. 
And so grandmother Loretta and Mindahi open with a beautiful prayer. And then Joyti Ma closes the circle with a prayer as well. And since everyone was on their phones, you know, we were on the Clubhouse app, there are a couple of moments where it's a little harder to hear. And Mindahi does have a strong accent. And even though his English is really, really good, it can just feel a little more challenging at moments to hear some of his words. But if you almost relax the mind and soften the focus and feel what he's saying, you'll definitely receive the full transmission loud and clear. And so in the end, we only ended up asking three questions, but it did take some time to allow space for everyone to respond. You know, and they're really tricky questions. You know, how do we stay in right relationship? How do we hold the balance between ancient wisdom and what's needed right now for a Western culture? And we know that these are tough questions to ask. And one thing that I loved about this episode and what came through was when Joy Tima called these tricky questions, points of study, they aren't easy to answer. We know that. And there's not one answer. She calls them points of study. And we study these questions by discussing them and looking at them from a lot of different angles and various perspectives. And so this concept of points of study really stuck with me since this conversation. Before we dive in, if you would love to be in touch with me about anything at all, please feel free to reach out through my website at livefreelauraD.com or through Instagram at livefreelauraD. And if you'd love to tune into some of the other potent and powerful conversations I'm helping to moderate on the Clubhouse app, please follow me at livefreelauraD. And then as per usual, I'm going to leave this episode off with a song by Raquel Sessions that I really love and that feels like a perfect fit for this episode called Todo Familia. And I'll also include a link to her band camp. And if you feel inspired to support our beloved medicine musicians, please purchase this song on Bandcamp. Okay, without any further ado, here is this very potent and powerful panel discussion featuring some very special wisdom keepers of our time. Aloha, good morning or good evening, wherever you are on this beautiful planet. I am so thrilled that we are all gathering and converging here today for this super powerful conversation. My name is Laura Dawn, and I'm the host of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast, and I'm calling in from the big island of Hawaii, and I want to acknowledge this beautiful land that I'm on that sustains me in my life and acknowledge all the Native people who have walked here before me. And I feel so honored to be co-moderating this room with two other exceptional human beings, Trisha Eastman from Ancestral Heart and Sophia Rockland from the Amazon Emergency Fund and co-author of When Plants Dream, Ayahuasca, Amazonian Shamanism and the Global Psychedelic Renaissance. And if you haven't yet read that book, that's a wonderful read. So before I pass the mic to Trisha to introduce this incredible panel of elders, I need to cover just a couple of logistical details, which will just take me a few brief moments. So number one, this is being recorded. We are recording this and uh, according to the guidelines of Clubhouse, this is important for you to know and be aware of. And so this is going to be released as a podcast episode in collaboration with Trisha Eastman's Ancestral Heart Project. 
and it's going to be released on the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. And the best way to stay in touch for updates for that is to subscribe to the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. But it will probably be coming out within the next few weeks. And so after uh, Trisha introduces the panel, um, we're going to open with a prayer and then we have some just wonderful questions uh, on the table for discussion. And we'll probably just keep it amongst the, the panelists for about 45 minutes. And then we'll start opening up the discussion for people in the audience who want to come up and ask questions. And so there is a process for this because we really want to keep the conversation, you know, focused. Please uh, ask clear and concise questions. And the way that you need to, the, the instructions you need to follow is you have to click on my bio, click down, click on my Instagram and send me a DM with the words I consent. And we have to do that because it's being recorded. So we can't bring you up on stage unless you send me a message and I will be keeping my DMs open. I'll be checking them regularly and just please say I consent and a very short sentence of, of the direction of your question. And um, we'd love to get as many people through if we can. And we'll only be bringing like one or two people up at a time. So we'll still see your hands up in the audience, but it will take us a moment to, you know, just make sure that everyone's consented and we're adhering to the clubhouse guidelines. Um, and then every maybe 15 or 20 minutes, we'll, we'll just reset the room for new people coming in and just letting people know, you know, what the, the conversation is really focused on. And with that, I am complete. I will pass the mic over to Trisha to introduce this amazing lineup of elders. So thank you so much. My name is Laura Dawn and I'm complete. Thank you, Laura. Oh my gosh. I can just feel the power of this conversation. This is a conversation that I've really felt deep in my heart needed to happen for a long time. I want to honor Gaia for giving us these sacred medicines to help us remember and to guide us in these important times for our planet. Hello, everyone. My name is Trisha Eastman, and I'm a medicine woman. I have a nonprofit called Ancestral Heart, which has evolved as a platform for wisdom keepers and leaders in the community to discuss topics around reciprocity, respect, sustainability, and to learn together collaboratively and collectively to orient towards a positive direction today. Thank you for joining us for the Psychedelic Wisdom Elders panel today. Here we are to gather and give a stage to some of the elders who I respect and love, who are part of an organization called The Fountain, with a mission to integrate economic models, moving away from the extractive models into new economic models based on reciprocity and collaboration guided by nature and the sacred. So I am so grateful to have Mindahi, Crincesio Bastida Munoz, PhD. Mendahi is the director of Original Nations Program of the Fountain. He serves as a general coordinator of the Atomi Toltec Regional Council in Mexico. Grandmother Loretta Afraid of Bear of the Ogala Sioux Nation, board member of the Fountain, holding the seat of Earth Initiative, stewarding the Black Hills Project, a land stewardship restoration bringing together the great Sioux Nation, 16 tribes spanning across the U.S. and Canada. Jyoti Ma, the convener of the International Council of the 13 Grandmothers. She serves as a delegate of the Mother Earth Delegation of the United Indigenous Nations. Grandmother Jyoti is the founder 
of the fountain. Thank you so much, all of you, for being here today. And I want to acknowledge the lands that I'm on in the Malibu Mountains, which belong to the original peoples, the Tongva and the Chumash. And so just want to give some respect. And um, now I'd love to hand the mic over to Mindahi and Grandmother Loretta to open this space in prayer. With the permission of the free spirit, the mother of the waters, the Clanchana, and also with the permission of the sacred volcanoes around the world, especially those in the Sambata Valley, Valley of the Moon, the Valley of Toluca, with the Shinantekat, the woman in white, and also with the Popocatepet and the Ixtla Siwa the sacred couple. We are here today in this beautiful gathering, bringing together the consciousness of human beings, bringing together in this dialogue, Mother Earth consciousness. Remembering that we are just another species in this world, in this dimension, remembering our ancestors that we are here today to honor this time and space of the new dawn, of the eagle and the condor, of the dragon and the phoenix, the four directions, the four sacred elements, but also the three-dimensional mystery, day and night and in between. We bring also together to this dialogue the beings in the sky, the heart of Father Sky, and the heart of Mother Earth. Thanks to them, we are here as a reflection of all this web of life. Remembering as well that we are travelers with Mother Earth around this universe. But we can Mother Moon 
grandpa son tata yadi Thank you, Grandma Loretta, for this beautiful prayer. I May this gathering be blessed. Thank you. Opila, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So I'd love to start and open with the first question. In shamanic traditions, the medicine men or women are the doctors of the village. They train for seven to ten years, you know, often so many more. Um, and we now have several programs that are generally one year or less. You know, some are, are even much shorter training programs, such as, um, you know, there's the MAPS and there's CIIS. And these are great programs and they're offering, you know, psychedelic therapy for therapists wanting to train um, to be psychedelic therapists. And so we're just curious, you know, what are your thoughts? What do you think could be the consequences of allowing people to train for such a much shorter amount of time and in a different way where it's not always with mentors and it's, it's a different framework of learning? What is your perspective on this of, of training and stepping out in, into doing this healing work with psychoactive plants and medicines? Yes, I'd like to, if you allow me to to share with you some thoughts and some reflections around this. First of all, we need to acknowledge that uh, we are all, we are also just another being in this creation. We are also nature. And when we are given this talent, it's, uh, people also talk about this gift. They come from lineages. They come from uh, the dream world as well as the spiritual world. So 
for the beginning, we need to acknowledge that uh, original nations we have kept in a secret way these techniques, these uh, ancestral ways on how to to manage and also to come together with medicine. So in in, in our view, if there is people who we just uh, in good willing to to help others, support others, but they don't know enough, and they just have very short experience, very short training. They can create confusion. They can create even they can worsen the process, the healing process, because this is medicine. Most of all, is medicine. It's not. It's not to have fun. We are talking about sacred medicine. So we need to treat everything as sacred in the process of healing. So there's people who even might have good willingness to help others, but if they don't have enough training, they, they can create confusion. And the ailment, the patients can worsen, can be worsened. And uh, we suggest that they really take into consideration and be mindful how to be really prepared, be prepared to carry out this responsibility because it comes with responsibility. And that's what it is about. So anybody who wants to go into this world needs to be need to be mindful about the responsibility uh, before the material world and also the spiritual world. Somebody, thank you. Thank you so much. Grandmother Joyti, do you want to chime in? I will because, you know, um, I'm... Uh, I just turned 73, as my elders say. I'm just starting to walk out my 74 years. I'm going to age myself here and talk about uh, a time back decades ago when I was in California and the medicine came to find me. You know, in my world, the medicines are the ones that choose us and they bring us, uh, they bring us something in our lives, sometimes great healing. I can tell you many stories <laughs> about how medicine has found people sometimes in their most desperate, hardest hour, and it turned things around for them. So they're an intelligence. Uh, they're a sacred, sacred intelligence. And that's why Mindahi and Loretta and many of my elders will speak about uh, them that way. Uh, I came in through the doorway of the entheogen world. Uh, I came in uh, very innocent, and my dreams had led me to sit with some of the ones that actually started that movement years ago, because I'm part of that generation that drank ayahuasca here in this United States, uh, was one of the first ones drinking back in those days. Um, and so what I've learned, and I was amongst uh, and walked with the entheogen community for over seven years, where I received some of that training uh, where you sit with people for an overnight experience, a, a deep healing experience. 
And um, there was a lot of thought and preparation that was brought in through those circles. And now some of that training, as you're mentioning, is being offered up at several of our institutions uh, to further the understanding of how our sacred plants can be a healing modality. On deep into that process, the medicine started to take me deeper into an indigenous world, the original people's world, where I came to understand the medicines at a whole nother level. Uh, uh, because those medicines, they bring protocols um, from the Mother Earth herself. And those protocols are about kind of how can we take our steps in life and walk with reciprocity and balance. And so uh, those protocols are significant because they come from the original way the medicines and the intelligence of nature wants us to hold this creation and walk in this creation. And, and, and you know, we're part of nature. We're not uh, separate from it. We are nature itself, actually. So what I learned through my walk um, is that there was a, a, a bridge that we needed to start to make uh, between the entheogen community uh, and our original peoples and the ways that they hold that because that plant has a whole of, it brings a whole story with itself. It brings these protocols. It, it, it has a way of life that it teaches us to live so we can maintain and sustain a way of life that's balanced and um, uh, heart-centered because that's who we are when we're fully actualized as human beings. We're heart-centered beings. So um, that's my experience. So what's happened, though, is as without us, without anybody knowing, it's not about that black, bad player in all of this story. It's more of an un, unaware kind of state, state because when things got pushed to legalize ayahuasca in uh, North America, Unbeknownst to those that were making that motion to try to bring an awareness into the larger public that these ways heal people um, uh, and need to be protected, um, they took guns into our teepees in, mid, in the Midwest part of this country during that time because people had pushed against the establishment, so the establishment pushed against um, those in the Native American church. And 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 he didn't. We didn't even know that was going down. You see, so <clears throat> but we we survived it. We got through that. But now we're here, coming out of what I call the winter time of a pandemic, and we're stepping into a a time of spring where we can bring to blossom fully new potential and new possibility. Uh, and a very different pattern of living with nature and understanding how to walk with her. So my question then would probably be, even with the question that you presented, if we could have some way of having, you know, these two worlds meet and listen to what those original protocols would be and how to put that in right relationship with the medicine and its walk. Then sitting with somebody and finishing that training, I think is going to bring a whole different understanding into the room of that healing process. Um, but, I, you know, these are just an old lady's thoughts. <laughs> um, 
I I have such high regard for the medicine, though, that I think it's the medicine that's called all of you that are here today for us to convene around a round table here and to open this discussion of exploration. Um, and there's there's not a right and a wrong way. There is an oh, you know, old Sufi saying that there's a there's a field of right of right doing and wrongdoing. Beyond that field, there's a field that I'll meet you where everything is received. Everything sits down without judgment, and we just take a moment to fully explore things in uh, a way that can can help us uh, move unified and in harmony with one another. That's what nature and her law teaches us. So Beautiful. Thank you so much for that insight, Grandma Joyti. Before we move on to the next question, I wanted to invite Grandma Loretta. Do you have something you would like to add? Yes. Uh, I touch each and every one of your faces uh, at this time and I will uh, speak to a short journey here. Uh, in <clears throat> Sis and I, we, we have a ongoing uh, conversation about the years and, and our years. And as elder women, uh, we found a place where we have to practice reciprocity, which is one of the teachings of medicine ways. And a lot of uh, what I've learned in, in all of these years uh, comes from a, a what I would call a, a medicine wheel uh, way of life. And the medicine wheel, I'm sure many of you may, may have an idea what that is. It's a, a circular uh, with, with some porcupine quills put onto it. And even there, there are teachings that we start life at a, at a place where we're pulled from the wet and, and then we, our medicine is put in our mouth by the midwife who pulled you from the wet. And so right away, right off the bat, right as you're coming in that sacred uh, tunnel of the womb of, of our mothers, uh, the first thing that we we taste or the first thing that we we have given to us as a gift is the medicine. So the midwife will put her hands into whatever medicine that she's using, whatever whatever's meaningful for those babies that are coming. So she puts her hand in our mouth to clean our mouths out with that medicine. So that tells you right off the bat that you're you yourself are medicine. And so how you participate and how you do things it's mindful. It's to be mindful and to be uh, embracing outside of yourself because we all, today, I think that we all realize that we're all nature worshipers. However, there's one added thing on there that's important. It's we're spiritual nature worshipers. We follow different ways of prayer, different lines of, of prayer and protocol that come with each. And so, as as a grandmother, I have I have visited and and been participant in in ayahuasca ceremonies. I've been a participant in peyote ceremonies and the sacred little mushroom people ceremonies. 
we open ourselves up and so that we we complement that practitioner that is putting forth the effort to do the procedures and the protocols for the medicine waste. So it behooves us from very early times that we have uh, a way that we can think about the medicine. And in that medicine will um, modality, we have uh, medicine comes from the South. All medicines in the world, they come from the South. So, you know, our, our little brother, Mendahi, he's very, very, very protective of the medicine ways, which all of us, we should be that way. So I just want to share that with you because that medicine, when it comes, it finds you and and you're not looking for it. And so there's a mistaken thinking that you are are looking for something in your life that you might perceive as missing. But it's actually medicine ways. And if more people in the world were practitioners of these calming, very dramatic, sacred, dramatic in your own way of how you receive that, that's where, that's where drama works. When you, when you sit down yourself and you, you follow the protocol and then the medicine will reveal itself to you. So I just would like to say that much and like sister and I, for you know, I too am going into my 74th year this year and I'm finally beginning to understand that we are all here to be sharing our journeys with each other and because the medicine wheel for me is black, red, yellow and white, it's coming from the wet and you're bringing with you your knowledge and you come into the world and you're, you're supposed to give that out and to receive from others. So it's the black, black people to the west is the first color of the world. The red people to the north, which are our people, our native people, you know, and it's the second color of the world. And then to the east is the, are the yellow people, are the Asian people, and, and they, they reside in the east. They come from that direction. And then the white people, the the fourth direction of the world. And there are many, 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 many uh, nations in your in your white world, as it were. But we also have all of that in all of these worlds. And so I suspect that the sooner we learn how to be with each other and how to practice and how to be mindful that a mix of these colors are going to be what's going to be presented as peace in the world. Think about it. I think if we can open our hearts to each other and not be mindful of color, my mother puts her palm up and she says, the only place our bodies are are the same color are on our palms. The palms of your hand, whoever you're sitting next to, it could be any one of those four colors. We have the same color in the palms of our hands. And she said, when you raise those hands, she said that you're conveying to the world and to the people that you you come from a people of peace. And so all the signs are already available to us to be using with prayer. Coming from that 
wet, we follow procedures, we follow principles, we follow our, our people. So when we actually see visions or we have dreams, those are really important guidance in our, in our ways. So in 1883, um, our people, our people's ways were criminalized and so we could not practice. But some of us still continue to do that and hold that underground. And only since 1978 with the, um, uh, the Religious Freedom Act in the 1990s, we finally got to come back out in public. So we've only been out in public helping for the last 25 to 30 years. So what you're asking is is questions that are ancient questions that have been addressed from time immemorial, thousands of years. And today, we're able to join you again and to to help you pick apart what's good for you and what's going to be your practice. Because these are your entire life practices. These are not just, oh, let's do this for two years and forget about it. It's not. Once you step into that, that what you're calling the shamanic journey, it, you never leave it. So my husband and I, we, we conduct Sundance. My husband and I have been married 45 years. Collectively, we've been dancing for 90 years since we've been together. So there's all that knowledge base that, that we try to impart. We follow our ceremonies. We conduct rites of passage for our youth. All of these things. So I'm going to tell you about that much. And thank you for your time. All my relations. Thank you so much. I hope everyone can hear me okay. Um, first, I just want to extend, you know, profound gratitude to the elders who are joining us here today. It's such a rare opportunity to be really in the presence of, you know, those who are holding the sacred fire from ancient tradition. So thank you for meeting us in this strange and futuristic platform. Um, Sending my greetings from the northeast, the land of the the budding violets and the flying geese over here in Turtle Island. Um, and I just I wanted to ask a question. Um, you know, considering maybe the group of people who are listening in here, um, we kind of dove into this subject about psychedelics, really, and and it seems that a lot of us tend to focus on this thing. You know, these substances, really, with maybe not considering so much the family of things, the traditions, the creatures, and everyone that, you know, supports the visions that come through these plants. Um, so, you know, maybe there are those of us who are listening in here who are nurses or doctors, entrepreneurs, um, you know, people coming from many walks of life who may may not have had the privilege and the opportunity to really work with these, with these more ancient lineages in these ways. Um, so I wanted to take, you know, a moment to ask the elders if they feel called to speak, um, in what ways can, you know, those of us who do feel called to a healing path, maybe we feel that we have healing hands or we have healing hearts or whatever it may be. How, how can we begin to kind of emulate and honor these, these ways if we may not be in contact really with, with wisdom traditions and what ways can we in our daily practices and our homes and our families, 
and in our workplaces, really ground into to practices that continue to serve this this work in a good way. Thank you. Well, um, I, I want to touch base with that because I think it's a really good question. You know, I, I think it's it, it, where, as I said before, we're, we're kind of stepping into a whole new ground where if we can enter this new ground of possibility and not rely on our lean back into old patterns, we'll allow a whole new kind of way of life to emerge for us all. And I believe that way of life is going to really return us to an original way of life. I say that because a lot of times with our Western culture and the way it has, um, you know, it has prepared us, it has infiltrated us, <laughs> it's filled us with an extractive kind of attitude that we take with our with ourselves and with our lives. And so we go into ceremony sometimes to see what we can get for ourselves. That's that same kind of attitude that if we can come back to understanding as Loretta has mentioned, my sister there, that plant comes to find you, that medicine comes to find you, no matter what kind of space you're living in, no matter what kind of career you have. Um, I, in my world, um, we, we worked and we did research and we worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that were in all different kinds of walks of life and families that had three generations that were a part of our work. Um, we are a community of alliance. And so we hold five different medicine lines. Uh, and what that taught us was how to keep those lines unbroken and not, not to mix things um, and to honor each of them in the purity of that original line that came unbroken to sit with us here and now. And that was a big, big teaching. I came to understand my, my children that were born in our bathtubs and grown with us through all of this uh, self-discovery and awakening process. We came, they came to know the medicines for who they are and what they offered, the intelligence they were. They would know that Wow! If I if I uh, am I if I'm struggling and don't know Grandma, I need to go sit in teepee with you uh, because I've got a problem with my kindergarten teacher and I need to talk to Grandpa Peyote about it. You know, uh, Grandma, uh, we've really got to have a, a dimey ceremony because uh, there's dark things that are bothering all of us now. My village lives all over the world, and it. Uh, we had a home, and just till, till a few years ago, in the Amazon, in the Brazilian Amazon, where where we went, where we learned these practices, where we learned how to medicine and take care of ourselves uh, and help take care of others. Um, so I would, with all of that said, I would say when when those plants have found you, for whatever reason, they came to you. And now it's time to really kind of sit with that medicine and instead of seeing what, what you can get from it, see what it, why it came to you. What is it opening inside of you that will help you access something that has um, maybe not revealed itself till now or maybe revealed itself when you were very young and then the culture said, shame, shame, don't, don't exaggerate, don't go there. Uh, but now it's, it's come again and it's pushing that memory that lives inside of your very DNA 
to be your fully authentic self. And the medicines are here. But most of my elders have said to me, all of them agree in these different five lines that we walk with. Those five lines being um, peyote, ayahuasca, mushrooms, uh, iboga, and Santa Maria. Those are our five traditional lines that we carry, that carry these different protocols. And what they all agree is they say that all the medicines have left their lands, they've left their territories, and they've gone out in the world because they're helping with this evolutionary moment that we're all in together as we're moving, as Mother Earth is moving into her heart and her ascension process, bringing us into what they call the fifth world, that fifth dimension. We're right in the process. We are the ones that we're called to come and assist in the delivery of this era. You know, that's, that's what we must first, first really sit down and embrace, that we're the ones. The plants have come and to awaken that memory in you, to bring you to your full authenticity. I remember when uh, we first started our, our community, Kayamari, uh, the mother came, the divine mother came and she said, all of you are herbs in my garden. Your work fully potentiate yourself. Then I'll decide what soup I'm cooking where and what herbs I need in that moment. So it's like, the, the plants have come to help you, help us, help every one of us fully potentiate ourselves. And if that's our work, then what we do, it doesn't become the issue or the focus anymore. We become, we, we come to a place of honoring the teaching of the plant. It teaches us how to stay in a present moment and receive what comes to the present moment. And then that will take us to the next step. And that's a different rhythm, and that's a following of this intelligence of nature. It's a following rather than a negotiation or manipulation, our, our mind and our egos leading us somewhere, which might actually distract us from becoming that fully potentiated being. So... I know that's a long answer to your question, but maybe it touches on some things and maybe uh, maybe Mandahi uh, uh, or Loretta might have something to add to that. Mandahi, would you like to contribute something? Yes, thank you. First of all, I like to acknowledge uh, this question is, is not easy to handle because uh, it was a long time ago when most of the Western societies began to go away. Not just Western societies, but other societies around the world. At least the biocultural memory tell, tell us, tells us that it was around five to 7,000 years ago. When humans began, some humans, some cultures began to go away from the original instructions, from the original principles. Meaning that uh, they, instead of instead of uh, taking the responsibilities, instead instead of taking care of life, they began to take over, and that's the that's the problem that we are facing now. This uh, biocultural crisis that we are facing, 
is because we have forgotten who we are, who we are as human beings. And we are just another species. This sacred medicine that we also have in our bodies, because we are medicine as well that we have forgotten. So we need also our relatives, the sacred medicine, the plant medicine, the mineral medicine, the water medicine, the animal medicine. So in order to answer your question, which is very difficult, because how the Western societies, the Western practitioners can uh, be responsible in, in a way that we remember who we are. First of all, I think, and we think that we need to be humble and uh, be in service most of anything. Because uh, when we are treating with sacred medicine, it's not just that we are as human beings, it's the other way around as well. It's how the medicine, the sacred medicine is coming with you, working with you. So, what we, we understand now is that uh, there's a confusion because uh, from the, most of the Western thought is based in, in dominion, in a dominion culture, how we can take over how we can manage, how we can handle, how we can take over. How can I take away, you say? But how can we, how can we give back that, that acknowledgement, not just around the sacred medicine, but the lineages, the people who have kept this, not without any danger, without uh, but with lots, lots of difficulties because of colonization, because of the imposition of religions, because of the imposition of the way of being. So this is what we are facing now in this world. I just want to make sure that we understand each other, that we need to go through a process of cleansing ourselves, because we all need medicine not just for this material, but also the soul, the mental, the knowledge world, but mostly in the spiritual touch. So your question is, is very difficult, but we can uh, work together, learn together again, feel together, and act together, so we can understand each other, and then we can come to a balance. Because, you know, all the information that we have is a lot. Even the knowledge is a lot, around even around second medicine. But that, that doesn't give you the wisdom. Because in this world, you know, there is a lot of information. There is a lot of knowledge, but it's partialized. But we need to bring ancestral wisdom to the actions that we take in our daily lives. And it's, it's very difficult. It's not easy. 
but we will have the heart and the desire to to become relatives again with the sacred and relatives again with the plant medicine and the animal medicine and the mineral mineral medicine, then we can remember who we are in this world. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mandahi and Grandmother Loretta. Would you like to contribute anything to this question before we move on? Uh, there's, they're, they're very hard uh, questions that you are asking. Uh, it feels like it might not be uh, in a participatory way that uh, we should all be uh, united in, in this effort. But I think that overall, uh, the things that we are uh, holding and uh, the walk that we are doing, uh, one of the main teachings are the principles that we follow once we know that our kinship is intact, we have given generously to make sure everybody's taken care of, uh, and we know the wisdom, we have the wisdom with which to share and uh, to uh, correct people if need be, but done in a way so that we, we don't hurt their hearts. And then the fourth principle there is for us to have uh, the big mind, or it's called and what that means is that you have to look beyond the, the things that are around us, our everyday mode that we're in. in. In our languages, we have one formal language, which is the the prayer language or the offerings language, the sacred offerings language. And, and then we have the informal, which is our everyday talk. And so when you're explaining these things, you almost have to feel it uh, and to go through it. And so for me, um, I don't have a good uh, command of the English language. And so it's hard to, I, I have to flip everything over in my mind. So I'm thinking in my native tongue, and then I have to translate it into English. It's kind of like that kind of feeling. I just want to say it to you so that you're thinking about it in terms of what your contribution to this effort is going to be. Because it's it's wonderful to be all together, and numbers matter, that you can do anything if you're in numbers, and you have a definite understanding about each other, and you all accept so those are some of the teachings you have to be having the big mind or watching. So thank you for that question. And at some point, if there are some uh, others that would like that question, you know, certainly we would be happy to expound more deeper into it. Wopila, thank you. Yeah, it's such a beautiful opportunity for us to come together and be able to ask some of these tricky questions. And I think we really just appreciate being able to have this, you know, open-minded conversation where it is a lot of nuanced terrain to traverse through. And so I'm going to ask one more tricky question before passing the mic over to Trisha to take the conversation in a slightly different direction. But I'd be so curious to know your thoughts and perspective on holding space or or maybe allowing space for the evolution of tradition and protocols. You know, I heard grandmother Loretta mention the word protocols 
and and to really hold this juxtaposition between old and ancient ways and new ways to potentially support people in ways that we haven't yet seen. And I had a conversation with someone who worked closely with an indigenous culture who works with ayahuasca and he was with them for 10 years and he expressed to me how amazed he was to see just how much change happened for that one lineage over the course of 10 years. And you you spoke also, it's been it's been spoken, I think grandmother Joy T mentioned about the experience of of the plants finding us. And what's the perspective on on someone who has this experience of the plants finding them and receiving direct teachings and guidance, like really directly from the plants, and then stepping out in a different way with a different offering um, that may look differently than any lineage that exists. And we're starting to see that, you know, in a lot of different cultures in Brazil, for example, you know, ayahuasca lineages now morphing with African traditions and different religious traditions traditions and so much newness is being birthed. And I think also in the West, people are stepping out with more like neo-shamanic uh, traditions and cultures. And, you know, I think there's this perspective that, you know, if a, if a white person does that in the West, that maybe that's frowned upon. Um, and just, I know this is tricky question, you know, but just anything around this, this juxtaposition between like birthing something new that might serve a new time um, versus, or as well as holding, you know, an anchor in a lineage. Uh, these are significant, significant questions. I call them points of study. Because if you have a point, if you find a good question on the spiritual path, you don't just find one answer to it. You allow a point of study to open so that many things can come to sit and share uh, broadening and expanding one's perception. So this question you ask, because we're evolving, we're changing. Well, you know, when I was a girl, there was a World War II that just ended. When I was a girl, there wasn't an atomic bomb that went off, you know, and, and changed the world as we know it. When I was a girl, there weren't uh, technologies and wireless things. If you wanted to call somebody, you you called somebody, and if no one was home, you just called them back later. <laughs> You know, when I was a girl, there, when I was a younger woman, there were the 60s and we burned our bras and we put flowers in the end of, end of guns. And that's when the psychedelic moment really came, came full fledged for, uh, to help us in the, in the movement that we're in now. So I would say that, you know, that as, as I was sharing before, the medicines they say come out to help us, uh, go through these big transformational moments to, to help us move ourselves into the next evolutionary potentiality of ourselves individually and collectively. And we're definitely in one of those prophetic moments right now. Those prophecies have prepared us for this moment, and they are now instructing us in this moment. In my world, when this all showed up, as I listened to it, it then brought to me, rather than me reaching for and looking for, it brought to me everything I needed. 
It brought me some of the teachers in the entheogen way. It brought me journeys to take so that I would open my perception and my own uh, vehicle of service is what they call, you know, how is your vehicle today, Jyoti, they would ask after ceremony in the jungle. Uh, so it, 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 it required that I do my work, my inner work, my healing work, that I showed up and been present for myself. And, th- and it brought me everything I needed for that. And then it brought me up my 14-mile logger road, all these elders that came to find us and say, now you need to learn the protocols of the earth. Now these protocols are going to help you restore a way of life that's going to bring a, a goodness to all that you hold dear. It's going to help your children grow with a different understanding about themselves and nature. It's going to open dialogue with nature so that you can hear the instruction better and more clearly. And we're always going to bring you those elders that have walked this mountain a long time. They're higher on that mountain. They can see a little bit further off than we can when we're lower down. They're there so they can turn around and sit with us. And so I've found that elders are a significant part of all of our stories that we have to come and sit with our elders again. And as we do that, when something new pops up in me, and it has, it's awakened and shifted, and some would call me a radical. <laughs> Others, a lot of people call me a lot of different things. The, but I, what I'm trying to say is that if we really trust that everything we need will be brought to us, that brings us a totally different way of life. And when we know that the elders are there, if I have a big awakening process that goes on for me, or if I'm in the middle of something nature has pulled me into that uh, I'm a part of, I'm, I'm in service to, as she's expanding and moving her own being through something quite remarkable right now, then I'm going to sit with my elders. I'm going to sit with more than one of them. They may come from different traditions. They may they may give me different answers, or they may all universally uh, affirm and validate that what I experience is a truth, and they may give me wisdom about how to hold that and some next steps for me so I can walk in an integrated way and maintain the integrity necessary to carry such a strong prayer. So I don't think it, I don't, if the, I think in the, the world of medicine and in the world of our original people, there's a whole system that they're holding and they have a perception and an understanding of it so much deeper than ours because they never really lost it. Some may be lost in our culture trying to find their way back to that original space of wholeness. We're all doing that. We're all doing that. And as my sister Loretta said, we have to walk humbly. So, you know, I think, I think that once we get that we're all in this together and we all share different lines of wisdom, there is a root to this tree of life. And those root cultures are the original cultures that we are here talking about with you today. If I'm going to uh, if my tree is opening and a new blossom is appearing, 
it's still connected to the root of that tree. If we can align with the root, then all things will grow uh, in a healthy and good way. So I think that for me is what we're doing right now collectively on the globe. We're, we're, we're shook up. We're going through what the Kogi say is a 13-year purification cleansing period that started in 2013. And in 2026, the ending falls into the beginning and the new dawn has arrived in 2026. So we're just five years out from that experience. And that's now a period where the cleansing will bring us back to realignment with self, however you describe that. However, we dream that something is dreaming us. Are we listening? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, uh, I think there are several ways of uh, thinking what is new. But actually, there is nothing new as, as new uh, in deep terms. Because uh, I, I, I have to tell you that, uh, of course, there is this uh, secret uh, communication beyond this material world. Because we are the reflection of the plant medicine. We are the reflection of the sacred elements as human beings. And not just human beings, but all beings in this world, in this dimension. We are the reflection of the sacred fire, of the sacred waters, of the sacred air, and the sacred earth. All beings, in one way or in another, we are related. That's the reason we are, we call them relatives, because We are just here in this in this time and space, but actually, human beings are the less uh, the less connected today. And just some original nations have kept this uh, connection, this sacred connection, and that that needs to be acknowledged as well in this world. Because it's when we talk about how we need Mother Earth for the survival, but also Mother Earth needs us, but not in the same, uh, let's say, quantity and quality. And that's the reason uh, I, I said before, we need medicine, even though we are medicine. But we need that sacred medicine because we need to remember who we are, how we can come to a balance. So now when you are talking about these new ways of doing, of course there is uh, many results. But one way is to, to say that we need to be careful how to deal with the sacred medicines in the work that we are doing. Because some, even if they have good heart, 
in current notice when they use new techniques. So they want to to deal with new techniques, they can produce not just confusion, but they can produce negative results. I just learned recently how some people were given were giving uh, rapé to uh, a woman a friend of mine, but she was given uh, this rapé uh, lying down, and it's not, it's not a way that we 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 carry out this this uh, this medicine this technique to provide to the to people. So this woman was about to die. She was, you know, for three days she was very, very, very bad. So we we need to be careful and be mindful about what is new. So also respecting the protocols is respecting how a people can be blessed to give and be in service. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate that perspective, Mandahi and Grandmother Loretta. Do you have anything you'd like to touch on? Yes, I'd like to say uh, when we're holding space, it, it sounds uh, <clears throat> really mysterious. And, and and it is because the areas where we're given to uh, practice and to to be with our people and within that particular area, you kind of have to notice what's going on around you. And in that land area, perhaps the birds, our relatives that are in the sky, the the ones that crawl on earth and in the earth and the ones that are around in the air flying you know, our songs are made up of all of these, and we sing about them because these, because we remind each other, these are our relatives. So we make that space. We have songs that that we sing to to have the protection of that space. And when our loved ones go off, we send them with those songs. And so those songs, and and the ways that we make the prayers, there's particular prayers are said for particular things. So you can manifest spiritual, you know, connection to the people that you love or the, the things that you love uh, that are alive in, in, in the world with you. Um, I don't maybe maybe you already know this, but there is a little badger of a type who lives and guides himself or herself by the stars, by the cosmos. So when even a little uh, animal that is close to the ground comes out to guide themselves with the with the stars in the sky, what does that tell you in terms of the space is vast that we have uh, ability to help to manifest and to we can we can even ask the the storms that are coming to um, go around us. We can't make them disappear. We don't want them, but they can go around us. 
or I went with my uh, holy mother, my my you know my mother that I learned everything from. She took and was invited to Esalen Institute, and right out from the bay there, we got up early in the morning, and the water was rising from this sea right in front, and as choppy and as fierce as it was hitting the rocks and and rolling and and swelling. The water was rising for about a mile long, and it was rising up. And about it was about nine nine feet up. And the sun came out, and it hit that hit the surface of that water rising. And it was like a looking glass. It just it just sparkled so brightly you couldn't look at it. And my mother said, "This is the one and only time that you're going to probably see this in your life in your lifetime." So you need to look around at all times, see what's going on around you, because it's going to teach you how to be and how to be calm and, you know, to reciprocate. So everything that you do, you know, when you're talking about holding space, that's what it is. Back in the 60s, I was a child of the 60s, and when I heard the word psychedelics, I was thinking, wow. The white people have a beautiful way of following. I want to know more about that. And today, you know, it, it's put in with all of the uh, sacred plants and sacred uses of those plants. And and to me, it seemed to that that was a new teaching. And so I really looked at it, and it opened up my mind beyond what I was following, but I still follow my way. So maybe that is the way of your people to have that as your holding space so you can go about and do whatever you need to do with others so that you can have the big mind to be a part of it. Because I think that's what the world is. We come here, uh, hone our skills, and then we go on. So. I just want to share that with you because we have very limited time here. So the more that we imbue the the sacred, imbue that in our own way, in our own thoughts and minds and bodies, you know, the more that we are in that place of holding space. Thank you. I just so appreciate all of your perspectives. And with that, I'll pass the mic over to Trisha to ask uh, the last question before we move into the audience. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. And yes, thank you, Mindahi, Jyoti, and Grandmother Loretta for your wisdom. These questions have brought through some new perspectives and useful in integrating some of these complex to navigate topics. I love what you said about the idea of points of study, Jyoti, the idea that this is an ongoing exploration for all of us and for all of our learning. Um, And I wanted to touch back on what you said, Jyoti, earlier about this idea as we move forward, um, humbly to the protocols. And uh, to sum that up, I just really feel, please correct me if I'm wrong, that we need to do this in a way of asking permission um, that one of the protocols that is so important um, in these 
ways of respecting nature really goes down to asking permission, whether it's taking a flower um, from nature, or if you're doing a ceremony or prayer on uh, indigenous land, uh, going to that local tribe and and getting permission. Um, And so I really uh, feel that this is a process that we have to start to integrate Um, elders into our community uh, who carry these important codes, these ancestral wisdom codes, so that the root is feeding the rest of the tree. So the energy is circulating throughout the tree in this beautiful movement that we are in together. And one of the most important things um, that has come to me and the reason why I felt so inspired um, to bring everyone together is the fact that we have a lot of conversations happening on podcasts, uh, in media, in major magazines uh, regarding celebrities who have millions of followers um, who are speaking out about using plant medicines and psychedelics, but not necessarily preparing people in a proper way or understanding the sustainability issues connected with you know, turning a million followers uh, onto something specific that, that already is endangered. And so I just wanted to engage the conversation with you, um, being someone myself who's an advocate for sustainability, of looking to the future of how we protect these plants so that they can be around for future generations and doing so in a non-invasive way. So a way of holding space to protect the tradition traditions so that they're not destroyed, so that the sacredness of the traditions is left intact. Just like Jyoti talked about earlier about the five sacred medicines and the traditions. So the question that I want to ask was with the fast growth of this psychedelic movement, the impact of spreading certain information too quickly and how media and leaders of the community have a responsibility and need to educate, um, showing leadership in communicating to their audience and fans in a way that's not disruptive to traditions as well as the medicines. Wow, Trisha, Trisha that very, very important. Another point of study. You know, you're, I think what y'all are accomplishing really well today is opening points of study here that if we can all uh, sit down around them that way with that kind of uh, Zen beginner's mind, uh, then we will really open an exploration that will uh, lead us somewhere in a really respectful way. You know, as an elder, I can tell you that we watched some of this happen. We watched, um, and I was personally involved in the, the recovery and the restoration uh, of the Mazatec people. Um, because in Grandmother uh, Julieta Cosmerio, who uh, lives in Watla, or did, she passed a couple of years ago now, um, she was one of the 13, uh, and she was she carried uh, Maria Sabina's line. She came from that line of, of teaching. Um, and as some of you may remember and some may know, uh, there was a time when um, Maria Spina and the work that she did there uh, covered by um, 
the Beatles and several other people uh, that were globally well-known. And what transpired, which most of the world didn't realize either, was that because so many people came to that area, when when the ecology of a land uh, and uh, actually our elders teach us that it's not about land, it's about territory, because territory means what's under the land, what's above the land, and the land itself. And there is a sacred ecology in these areas where our sacred plants live. There's sacred ecology everywhere, really. <laughs> but let's just maintain a focus on our where our medicines live. There is a certain way that we are taught by the earth. Now, protocols are not like our laws, our, our, our rules. You know, a lot of people first respond to protocol like it was a Catholic church rule or, a, or, a church, or, or some kind of government rule or something that is like dominating us or, or, or that's how it feels to us. But protocols aren't that way at all in my experience. Protocols are literally the knowledge of the earth being given to the original people so that things can, the life can be walked out in this sacred territory, this place where the sacred being that overlooks all the territory and the people and all of its creation, there is a spiritual authority that cares for these sacred territories, you see, and our sacred medicines. And so the way the old ones t- taught me was that when we listen to this protocol, it's a transmission of understanding that we receive that helps us align with that territory. And therefore, when we're aligned with that territory, we're aligned with nature and we're aligned with ourselves. And so we have a different experience with our lives. Uh, that's, that's, the way, that's the way it's been taught to me. That's the way I've, I've experienced it. So what happened then was many years went by. And as some of you may know, the grandmothers were on a march for world peace and unity. And they were going to each other's home places. And when we went to Grandmother uh, Julieta's home place, uh, and she was a very, very uh, esteemed and honored spiritual elder of her community for many, many years. And when we started talking about, because she was organizing the event, we were there to help her with what her vision was showing needed to happen. And some of that had to do with how to repair and restore. So could we bring a group of people into Watlow once again and enter it in a different way? Could we enter it listening to what that place needs us to do to enter it? And could we take our our monies we were bringing uh, and really put it in the hands of the people so they would know how to Uh, enrich and restore their village and a way of life that it got and trampled on and never got, never got cared for after. And we were able to do that. And how amazing that felt inside of me to have seen out of an unconsciousness. It wasn't a mean act. It was just an unconscious act. But we do these unconscious acts. It's same things happening when you have somebody of notoriety talking about the peyote and all of a sudden they're all over the gardens down there and they're, and the, the peyote, it, it starts to disappear. And I wouldn't say it goes away. I would say it disappears. 
you see, because when we go out in that field, we have to, there's a certain way we walk out in that field, and there's a certain way that we roll our smoke, that we hold our prayer. And I remember one of my daughters one time, she was asked to go do that. And she said, Mom, I sat down and there wasn't any, any peyote anywhere around me. And, and I thought, why did the elders have me sit here? But I, I listened to my elder and I, I took that sacred smoke and I began to pray. And Mom, when I opened my eyes, there was peyote sitting all around me, everywhere I could see, you see. So these are the kinds of things that we have to just remember or become aware of or awaken our awareness to if we're going to walk a medicine walk and and do it in a, a, a way that brings no harm. Um, and so, you know, I think this, these questions are, I want to pass this now to my sister and my brother. Uh, to to see what you know what they will bring to you from their wisdom because uh, I know just a little bit and and when I know when I've received all my knowing then I will probably drop my skin and go because this is earth school and if we can all remember we're all learning we'll we'll be so much more patient and kind with one another and that's what our medicines really truly want is our harmony and our peace. Thank you. Yes, may I share with you about this over-extraction and overtaking. You know, until 1992, uh, I was participating in the Earth Summit, which happened in Rio de Janeiro. And it was one of the major summits in the world. Actually, the, the only one where three international regimes were signed around climate, around biodiversity, and, uh, and around desertification. And it was the first time when traditional knowledge of the so-called indigenous peoples that we call original nations was acknowledged for the survival of human beings. But then there was an open uh, access to biodiversity and also to traditional knowledge, which has harmed so much because of colonization. And it, it had to happen so many years until we agreed and we were part of these negotiations around the, proto the Nagoya Protocol, around accessing genetic resources and traditional knowledge. But it was not a victory. It was a partial acknowledgement based on the Article IJ of the Convention of uh, of the uh, diversity of um, plants and animals, the CBD, the biological 
convention on uh, biological diversity. But uh, let me tell you that this access has happened even ever since before, not just to the compound, the so-called compound or, or the genetic resources, but also to the traditional knowledge. In our world, there's no separation. There is this biocultural memory, biocultural diversity. Now we can see that even the the, the conservationist regimes aim at this business because through the patenting laws, the intellectual property rights laws. Remember that even the ayahuasca was patented. So the same is happening with other sacred medicines. So we are worried about that. Not just about overmining of a certain kind of plant or animal or mineral. But we are in this world very imbalanced with a lot of systemic crisis. And we, we need to come back to a balance. So we need to be mindful, even with the Nagoya Protocol in place, doesn't give us enough acknowledgement. Because, of course, it, it is acknowledged that the access and beneficiary through the some contract, even through some protocols, the biocultural protocols, but it's not enough because of course, it acknowledges, it acknowledges that we are the holders of this traditional knowledge and it, it needs to be put in place that any manufacturing coming from the, from the plant or even the knowledge doesn't acknowledge that, that the plant is grown in sacred territories, even some plants have been taken away to the botanical gardens elsewhere around the world. So they, they can have access, the laboratories can have access to this and then they can, they can make medicine in pills and in other ways. So we are in this, in this, uh, problem now that many sacred medicines have been brought to this market-oriented approach. So this is not an easy, an easy issue to talk about, but we have been seeing how extraction is taking other, other features very intelligent features about extraction. And it's, that is damaging not just original nations' lives, but sacred territory. And it's damaging the way of living that we are now all together a human species. So we need to bring back dignity, 
responsibility. And new regimes, new international regimes that really acknowledge the collective intellectual property rights of original nations. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mendahi. Before we move on, Loretta, Grandmother Loretta, would you like to contribute? Yes, I, I would like to share with you that uh, this, the climate change, the, the emotions that uh, this extractive uh, industry that's happening on our uh, homelands, home territories, things that are uh, very individualized or the efforts that, you know, to enrich one's purses and not share. We're, we're very much aware of all of that. And we still continue to pray for those so that Creator can touch their hearts and minds and perhaps soften it so that they, they may get to a relationship that they can have with the natural world. At the same time, you know, I, I too, even though I am an elder and I, I belong to people here for thousands of years on this continent, I do have to have permission from different uh, ones holding uh, the sacred and that might be in the way of medicine. So today, I, because of the way that the government deals with Native people, you know, we're, we're called wards of the government and so forth. At the same time, you know, it's uh, we have to have permission. I think we're probably the most regulated people on earth. But we've learned to continue to pray for those regulators and trying to change how we go from being called minorities to uh, people, just to be people. At the same time, um, we have to file things uh, with records. So today I'm on file at San Antonio in Texas. I'm the secretary for the ancient Native American church in South Dakota. And so I'm registered in Texas as a custodian for our peyote, and so we have a we have a, a ceremony a coming back into the way ceremony for a man from the Muscogee Creek coming up on the fifth and sixth of June, and here I am. I'm I'm looking for medicine. I'm looking for the medicine, and and because of all of the the rains and the snow that hit Texas, the Pioteros are not able to to give me what I need, the the physical medicine. And so I have been calling everybody. And so I finally asked my sister Jyoti for permission to call her brother who is the custodian for their people. And so I'm I'm in conversation with them to see if I can have um, a blessing from them to gain gain some of that peyote back to our people so we can put through our our medicine work for this Muscogee Creek man who wants to come back into the ways. So everywhere we're practicing reciprocity and we're learning that at a scale that is larger than us, so today, my husband and I, at the beginning, I told you we are Sundance conductors, our leaders. And so 
we've been dancing this way and praying. We go without food or water for four days and nights. And we dance in the Black Hills. And my prayer is always that the stewardship of these hills be returned to our people. And I try not to have a negative attitude when I make my prayer. So sometimes uh, people go back and forth. It's not light. You know, it's, it's not something you just pick up today and forget tomorrow. This is, you're holding these things, this this medicine, this time, this space, the hours that you do these things in, the food, even the sacred food that you use. For us, anytime, anytime we do ceremony, we have to have sacred food. And so we get ready a year ahead of time. And and I get my buffalo meat a year ahead of time, day after Sundance. And we go and we sit and we dry our buffalo meat and we watch it and we take care of it for 14 days. That's our medicine. And so our actions are our medicine. <clears throat> so when we are practicing reciprocity and we're practicing being good relations and being true in our stand when we reach out to people to pull you in with us. So in our Sundance, uh, we have been working so very hard to make sure that the protocols are followed. And and today you'll, you won't you won't find anybody else that is going to be as calm and as, you know, in harmony with anybody else. But all we had to do was say, yes, we're going to have Sundance this year. We missed it last year because of the pandemic. So we find ourselves at a place in time where um, this need for vaccines and the need for this and that, everything, it just compounds what we have to do to step out into that circle. So we actually have people getting mad at us, telling us, you, you can't force me to take vaccines. And no, that's not what we were talking about. So this reaches in everywhere in your life to see if you can rise to the occasion in a, in a very peaceful, harmonious way with your integrity intact that you've given as much as you can. And the whole idea about all of these things, about these ways, is that if you're going to give something from your heart and your body twinges, then don't do it because it's not given with the intention that they were asking you for help. My mother said, if your body feels different, if your body twinges or your stomach jumps, then you already don't want to give. So you have to really examine your own bodies and your own consciousness to find if this is really the way you want to be. So it's all about the freedom and the choices that we make and how we build that stewardship model. What does it look like? Yeah, maybe we have to have a plan. And sometimes plans don't work, but at least you're putting and, and being aware of the components in which you put that together. So I give you about that much. You know, it doesn't matter if it's coming or going. We all end up at the same place. And hopefully the medicines are good for you. And hopefully you're good for the medicines.
Thank you. I love that piece, Grandmother Loretta, around really trusting the wisdom of our bodies as well. That's so powerful and what a rich conversation. And um, before we move into, I just brought Lila up, who's a friend who also knows Grandmother Joy T. We're actually going to um, do the closing prayer. We're going to close the circle here before we move into a little bit more of an informal conversation with questions from the audience. And who would like to lead the closing prayer before we um, invite Lila to ask a question? Well, my sister Loretta asked, called me before uh, <laughs> and, uh, and asked me if I would do that. So I'm, I'm going to offer that up because um, I always listen to my sister, at least most of the time. Huh? <laughs> and I know, Loretta, you have to go now. So if you need to slip away and because you have another, somebody else waiting for you, uh, I will. My prayers are wrapped around you. Please, please stay safe and, and go with lot, lots of love and blessing for your offerings today. So if we could just all take a deep breath, a collective breath together so we can all unify through our breath and bring that breath and sit ourselves down right in the center of ourselves and breathe again together and bring our presence fully in the center of ourselves, sitting there in the silence that lives there and allowing that silence to absorb us so it can inform us today. just want to give a, a big shout out of gratitude, Creator, this morning. Mother, Father, God, thank you. Thank you for the courage of folks to come and sit and open such topics that in the past have caused lots of division and controversy and pain and misunderstanding and, and loss of relationship at times. So I'm just thankful that there are those warriors of your light that are showing up and call to come and open these topics and are coming with a, a, a filled mind, a beginner's mind, so that we can just open the topic as a point of study and we can begin to allow it to teach us about all the different aspects it may carry. Each of these questions have been a significant point of study. I ask that you help us stay gentle with one another and kind with one another as we come out of these silos that we've been kind of locked into for so many years that we didn't even realize we were there. I thank you, Creator, that your your sacred intelligence, these sacred plants have, have brought us in this way right now in this very big moment of the springtime of possibility in the middle of a pro prophecy and instructing us with how to show up. Aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky? I thank you for the spirits of all these four directions and those above us and below us and those that work through us. I thank you for the ancestor's hand that is on each and every shoulder here aligning us with our root of our being, this line of life that we brought this far and are sitting with now. I give great thanks for those that hosted this event and helped to craft and create it and allowed it to open itself with the mystery 
stirring and and touching us all. I give great thanks for the humility and that medicine of humility that has allowed us to sit at the table this way. And I thank you, Creator, for opening things so that we might grow in ourselves, evolve in ourselves in ways that respect the roots of who we are and the, the special divine space each one of us holds in this tree of life. For we are fully its full expression. And for that awareness, I give great thanks. So if there's anything that we've said or done that caused a harm today, then please raise it higher and let it kiss your sweet lips. For this is our prayer of unity and peace. And our medicines are showing us the way. And for that, I give great thanks. I give great thanks. I give great thanks. So be it. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you so much, Grandmother Joy T. It's nice to connect with you here and you as well, Mindahi. Thank you for all the wisdom and just also sending Grandmother Loretta blessings on the rest of her day today as she transitions to whatever she's doing next. And we're going to open up for maybe just one or two questions. And I'm so excited to bring Lila up, who you know, Joy T, and um, just encouraging Lila to come and share, share her own questions. And um, welcome to Clubhouse, Lila. It's nice to see you here and love the work that you're doing as well. So if you want to unmute yourself and ask a question, you could go ahead. Thank you so much, Laura Dawn. And this, these conversations have been so powerful and I'm almost without words. And with that, I will ask this one question that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, what should facilitators or sitters that are appropriating from traditions using prayers, songs, or medicines without being given the blessing? How can they get back to integrity? Wow, thank you for that question. Boy, this is, you guys are so courageous. <laughs> you are so courageous. I just am going to leave this call inspired by you. Um, you know, I think when we wake up and realize that we are walking with something that wasn't authorized, we didn't receive it the way the protocols of this earth asked us to receive it so we can honor the line it came from and the power of that line can continue strong. Um, it's good to go back to those that hold that line. Humble yourself. Go back and, and if you sit with the question and you talk to the medicines and you say, wow, I just woke up to something I did not know, I did not understand. And I want that realignment. I, I want to walk with the integrity of that, of that original line that way. I want to show right regard, respect uh, for those that have cared for it for millennia. Uh, so will you help me find that right person? One will come to you just like they came up my 14-mile water road. <laughs> if you allow the process, it will show up. If you open the door, it will come. It will come. Uh, if 
and 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 you might it might get to you by a very different thing. It might be get to you because we're having a conversation like this, and you might want to jingle one of us, and and then we might know someone and have relations with someone in that line, and we could you know send you that way. If you've got elders that you're walking with, and this question is arising, then you need to ask him help help you get back to that original place so you can get the blessings of that line and some of the things that may go along with it that will keep things safe for you and those that you minister to. Um, and they may also have some ceremony and some things that they will put in motion with you so that it can clear things and clear things that you've already delivered for the steps that got you to the moment where you're sitting with them now. Um, and and that's a good thing. That and that's the that's what uh, you know Mandahi was speaking about about how medicine requires us to have humility. E- even when I'm when I'm being called towards something and I wonder I, I don't I don't feel prepared or I'm not sure or all those kind of little self things that happen when you're going through uh, the that moment of preparation for something um, and the purification that's required for you to receive that line. It all goes together. Um, But then there's this deep, deep trust in that which woke you that it knows how that realignment can occur. So trust yourself. Lean into the elders. I will. I will say. You know, it's the little ones and the elders that are, have the ear, have their, have the closest ear with God. They're right there at God's ear. That little one just came in, and that one that's going out the other side. <laughs> and and that that hoop of life is held all those places in between. So when we honor both of those those coming in and going out seats, we honor the whole hoop of life, and it gets to sit down, and it gets to breathe a different way. So maybe it's too long of an answer to your question, Lila, but it's what stirred me. Mindahi? Yes, thank you. Yes, I do agree completely with Grandma Joyti that we need to be mindful and humble about our, our journeys, especially when we have this uh, responsibility around healing. Yes, we need to slow down, stop, and reverse anything that damages our role in the world. Thinking that we are a big community, but also that we have every single body of us, those responsibilities that we have to honor, we must honor. And uh, there's no extraction when you are given permission, sacred permission, not just the permission that is written in a paper, but uh, the spiritual permission to carry out those ceremonies. But this is a process that can take you an, an entire life. So we are your children of our Mother Earth, and we are learners. We are learning how to walk again with our mother. 
we are learning again how to walk. For some, again, with second medicine. So that's what it is meaningful in this life. If you are called to be a healer, it's a big responsibility, which is uh, which comes from your heart, from the spirit, from the great spirit. So just be mindful about that, and having experiences around this is very beautiful when you are in balance, in alignment with the uh, sacred. So thank you so very much for this opportunity to talk with you. And blessings to all of you. Thank you. And I just want to pass the mic. Um, if uh, Joytima and Mindahi, if you have any closing words, we're just so grateful for your time. So any closing words, Joytima? I really want to say I bow in, in humility and gratitude. Um, my heart is really touched. So I thank you for your patience and your humility because that's the good medicine that will help us learn how to live as all nations so that we can, because we've walked around the medicine wheel now, those four colors of our races, and we're coming are being called into the center of ourselves. That place where heaven and earth meet in our heart. To all of you, to our hosts here, and to all of you that have gathered with that same humility and loving care and uh, curiosity, because it will take us having igniting our curiosity, dusting it off, in order to be curious in our learning instead of so uh, locked in our mind thought that we make dogma, um, which is what can happen. It's what can happen. But when we dust off our curiosity and when we enter the circle with our mind still, there is an intelligence that lives in the heart and it begins to generate our conversations, and it begins to reveal our directions uh, and instructions that come from this creation herself. So I'm just thankful for all of you for your questions. I know that if what my teacher told me, one of my, one of my teachers, Kubler-Ross, a long time ago, she said that if anything got triggered today and it got triggered for more than 10 seconds living in you, then that's where your unfinished homework lives. <laughs> and I found that to be a really good rule of thumb. <laughs> and so when I get triggered for more than 10 seconds, I really go take a look. Okay, well, there's some more of that homework I came here to do. Uh, and when I do my homework, then I do the most significant act for peace there is. So. Let peace reign on this world. May heaven land on this world. May earth and heaven unite in the celebration of life that we are all a part of. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.
And Mindahi, it's been such a pleasure to hear your wisdom and to hear your voice. Thank you for your time today. Do you have anything you'd like to close on? Yes. Means that may love be among us, and I see your faces around this, you know, the the clubhouse. And I want to thank this means also. And also to the organizers, organizers to this dialogue. And it's so beautiful that we are bringing together this consciousness together from various, various thoughts, various uh, feelings. But we know that we breathe. We know that we eat. We know that we walk all together. We can do it better. We can pull together in the transition to the Unification process. Remembering who we are, who we are as, as human beings, we are just another species, not the top of the creation, just another one. Then we can walk in balance, in peace and dignity. Thank you for this opportunity. Be Kamadi, watching in team. Thank you, and be well and walk with dignity and in peace. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to acknowledge Trisha. Trisha, I just want to I just want to love you up for just a moment and just say thank you for all the work that you do as well, Trisha, and for just all the effort you put into putting this panel. And I'm honored that you invited me to co-moderate it with you. And I would love to pass the mic for you to officially close the room. So I just want to thank Laura Dawn and Sophia for being incredible co-moderators for this important conversation. And I want to remind all of you listening to check out thefountain.org to learn more about Mindaki, Jyoti Ma, and Grandmother Loretta's work. And I just wanted to, again, give my appreciation to Mindaki, Jyoti, and Grandmother Loretta for this beautiful heart-touching conversation to really help us walk again with the mother, with respect. And I wanna thank everyone out there listening, knowing that each of you came to this room with your own desire to walk with the mother in a good way. So praying for this blessing to ripple out and giving you all gratitude. And closing this clubhouse room, thank you, goodbye. Aloha. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. If you've been enjoying the show, I would so appreciate it if you could share it with a friend or share this episode or one of your favorite episodes on social media or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you feel really inspired, I would so appreciate it if you could leave me a review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to reach out through my website at livefreelauraD.com, where you can also find my free eight-day microdosing course, which is a great place to get started if you're new to microdosing. You can also find my four free music playlists for psychedelic journeys and beyond, one of which is so great for cultivating microdosing morning flows. You can also reach out to me through Instagram at D. And if you want to tune in to the weekly clubhouse rooms I'm hosting in the main psychedelic clubhouse, please feel free to follow me at D. 
All right, I'm going to leave you with this super sweet song that I just love by Raquel Sessions called Toto Familia. Once again, my name is Laura Dawn and you're listening to the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. Until next time. Camina en belleza, camina en paz. Camina en belleza, camina en paz. Todo es mi familia, familia. Todos son mi familia. Todo es mi familia, familia. Todos. Son mi familia Todo es sagrado, montañas y el mar Todo es sagrado, plantas y animales Todo es mi familia, familia Todos son mi familia Todo es mi familia, familia Family, thank you for 